Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You can find all the show notes and details at awesomers.com slash seven. That's awesomers.com slash seven. Today, our special guest is James Thompson, who is a partner in BuyBox Experts, which is a managed services agency supporting brands selling online. Earlier, he served as the business head of Amazon Services, the division of Amazon responsible for recruiting tens of thousands of sellers annually to the Amazon marketplace. He also served as the first Fulfillment by Amazon manager. Prior to Amazon, James was a management consultant and a banker, so a big background. In 2015, James co-founded The Prosper Show, a continuing education conference for large Amazon sellers. And in 2017, he published a book, The Amazon Marketplace Dilemma, designed for brand executives seeking to control their brands on the Amazon marketplace. And boy, it's a wild west environment for the big brands, for sure, even for the small brands. In 2018, he co-founded the Brand Authority Summit. James has definitely constantly got his uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening on Amazon and uh, the e-commerce ecosystem at large, and we're thrilled to have him. Again, this is episode number seven. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe, share this with a friend, and uh, uh, leave us uh, some comments of uh, how you like this episode. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Awesomers. Uh, we're here on today's live podcast with a wonderful guest. And it's, it turns out that you can be an awesomer and not even know it. Uh, wouldn't you say that's true, James? I'll let you decide what awesomer means. I do what I like, and I love doing what I'm doing. So uh, ho hopefully the story is interesting to those who are listening. So yeah, that's the ultimate definition of kind of awesomer. Be being able to choose what you want to do, when you want to do it, that's a pretty good freedom lifestyle there. So no, no question that uh, James Thompson, our, our guest today, is absolute awesomer and has done a lot of really interesting things. James, could you summarize kind of what you do today and, and uh, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? I spent a number of years working at Amazon. And during that time, I got to work with literally tens of thousands of third-party sellers. And when the time came for me to leave Amazon, I, I decided to remain in the space and focus on how do we create educational opportunities for sellers to become smarter about what they're doing. So uh, I have a lot of different things going on, so to speak, uh, but they all have to do with how do we help brands, how do we help resellers become more attuned to the specifics of what it takes to be successful on Amazon. I know that, you know, you're doing, you run the podcast and you, you run a mastermind and you're involved with sellers in your way. I'm involved in, in other ways, working with companies that depend on the Amazon marketplace in some way. So 
No, it's a really important thing, right? Because the, the Amazon ecosystem is so large and therefore complex, yes. but not everybody understands mm -hmm. or wants to understand the details and the particulars. So my, my impression is that one of the things that you guys do really well is you help, especially the larger brands, tackle this very uh, kind of uh, nebulous ecosystem and help them understand how to put two and two together to equal more than four even, you know, more, maybe it's eight, I don't know. I had, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of brands early on when Amazon's marketplace got started. And what I saw over and over again was companies thinking that selling online was like selling in any other on or selling in any other kind of channel they might sell in. And the reality is the Amazon marketplace is rather complex and doesn't have the same sets of rules that a brand might be experienced with selling into a typical brick and mortar retailer. So quite, quite frankly, the more complex Amazon is, the more likely that I will continue to have a livelihood doing what I do and being able to find opportunities to help companies make sense of this market. So as Amazon keeps growing and as brands keep growing frustrated, uh, there's opportunity there. No doubt about that. Well, and there's been so many other things that you've done, uh, but before we kind of dive into some of those present day activities, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about your background. So I always like to know where people come from because it, it helps uh, the awesomer origin story kind of put the pieces together. At least for me, it does. And so, uh, where were you born, James? I was born in England uh, a long, long time ago, but <laughs> I was born to Canadians who happened to be living abroad briefly in in, in England. Um, my parents are social democrats. I, I'm a social democrat, and what that really means is not a socialist. What what a social democrat really means is looking for ways to raise the water level for everybody. How do you make sure that you move forward, but do it while you're pulling all your neighbors around you forward as well. So uh, I, I like to think of the background and, and where I come from as being absolutely critical to who I am. Um, if I was a pure capitalist, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing, but it turns out that as a social Democrat, I get to surround myself with really interesting people who are also like-minded trying to find ways to make the world better. And even though we make the world better in only little tiny ways, uh, the, the reality is you have to do it one person at a time. And my background as a Canadian, you know, people make fun of the fact, oh, you're from Canada. Yeah, but I, I, it, it's important to who I am. It drives my wife crazy that I wear Canadian paraphernalia all the time. Um, but, you know, that is who I am. And I was fortunate enough uh, after going to school in the United States for, uh, for grad school, I ended up staying here and having a number of really interesting companies that I work for. And, you know, we, we may get into those specifics, but um, the opportunity to end up in Seattle where I am today, having spent time at Amazon and staying here now, I feel like I'm in a little mini Canada living in Seattle. Um, it's a, the Pacific Northwest is a, a curious place where uh, people kind of like to be left alone and do their own thing and kind of, kind of be good to each other and have time for each other. And so I, I love being in the space that I'm in today. Empowered, the name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I like where... Uh, you know, you tie in the fact that, you know, just just a little incremental positive forward um, 
impact to the world is a positive thing. It's a good thing. And it's ultimately mm -hmm. the, the best and only way to, to get things done. Awesomers definitely believe in doing the right thing, uh, even when nobody's looking and, and helping others uh, as best we can. So, uh, so when, what, were you, what did your parents do just out of curiosity? Maybe what took them to England? I, I have a, my father is a university professor and he was training in England. My mother, my mother was a nurse. Um, so, you know, we, we, we got to, uh, I, I don't remember when we left. I was all of a year and a half old when we left England. Uh, but I spent, I spent uh, almost the next 20 years living in Canada. And, uh, you know, I was a very stable household. I had an opportunity to go to college in Canada and then eventually moved to the States for grad school. Um, where, as I said, I, I ended up staying here and it's been, it's been more than 25 years that I've been here in the States and I've lived all over the place, but I couldn't possibly imagine living somewhere where I'm happier than, than being in the Seattle area today. And certainly for folks who are familiar with what's going on in Seattle in the last 10 years with the growth of Amazon, holy smokes, the city and the area has changed incredibly, incredible amount. And quite frankly, we are so over-indexed in culture and opportunity to learn about other aspects of the world here in Seattle. I find it to be a remarkable place to raise a family. So, yeah, Seattle is also my home base, and it is an extraordinary place to uh, to exist and and to live and to uh, kind of explore. So, uh, so I, I know you're extensively educated, James. Tell us about your university days, and and because it seems like there's a few steps in there. I ended up going to university for ten years, and uh, you know. <laughs> The, the typical path of somebody who has no idea what they want to do when they grow up. And by the way, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but uh, I ended up doing a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and a PhD. Um, very quantitative in terms of what I was doing. And it all ultimately led to me being a management consultant after I, after I graduated. Um, but quite frankly, you know, when I think about the kinds of skills that have helped me the most being in a position where asking a lot of uh, questions around data and being inquisitive about just how the world works. Um, you know, I have my parents to thank for continuously challenging me on the status quo and asking me, why do you think things work this way? What would you do differently? What data would you go and get to be able to show that the world could work differently? Um, quite frankly, it can be very annoying to some people to have people continuously challenging, but that's who I am. And the reality is it's the only way to make the world a better place is, is, is to change it from, from where it is today. So. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going a little bit off off your question, but no, no, it's quite, I, quite good. I, I had the opportunity to, to go to college, and I was fortunate enough to get a number of scholarships. So I just kept going, thinking at some point uh, life would reveal itself to me in terms of what I want to do when I grow up, and it didn't quite work out that way. And I ended up with a PhD, and I thought I was going to be a marketing professor, but that really wasn't what I wanted to do in the end. But I finished the degree anyways. Um, and then ended up in corporate America doing a number of things that ultimately led me to Seattle, where I ended up working for Amazon for, for six years. Yeah, boy, what a journey that must have been. So was there, was there a defining moment, maybe when you, you kind of looked at the, either the management consulting or the mm -hmm. Amazon thing and said, gosh, this isn't, this isn't exactly where I want to be, but now, I, now I'm clear as to where I want to go. Was there something that stuck out to you? I, I think for me, the... Having had the opportunity to work both as a consultant, working for very different types of clients, as well as working in various corporations that have very different approaches to how problems got solved, I didn't realize how important data actually was 
until I ended up in an environment where there was no data. And I went to work for a bank at one point where I literally had no idea what was going on because there was no data to share. And it all came down to who you knew who might be able to reveal a little bit of so-called truth about what might be going on. Well, to me, that's not a very effective way of operating, but it was the way that the bank worked. And I ended up leaving because I was managing this humongous portfolio and I had no data on how profitable we were, no data on who the best customers were, absolutely no idea as to what was going on. And I don't like managing by the seat of my pants and just saying, I hope it all works out. That's just not an effective way for me. And so going from the bank to working at Amazon, where on day one, my manager said, there's your computer, there's the data warehouse, good luck, we'll see you after Q4. Uh, and then I got into the data warehouse and discovered, oh my goodness, there's more data here than I will ever possibly be able to digest. Uh, I mean, I was in many ways in a wonderful place for, for the types of things that I need to be able to, to thrive. Um, now, it turns out a Amazon is an interesting place to work, and there have been press stories about what kind of culture it is. And for me, I ended up having to leave specifically because I kind of like seeing my family once in a while. And Amazon's How dare a, you. Amazon's a, well, you know, I, again, I'm not criticizing Amazon for the culture it has. It's very consistent in what it does. And I knew what I was getting myself into when I joined. When I joined, I was unmarried, no kids, none of that stuff. And I ended up getting married and having kids and discovering I kind of want to have some balance. So use the opportunity of uh, uh, leaving Amazon to, to figure out what I want to do with all these skills that I've developed. So that sounds like a pretty defining moment right there. All right. Uh, understanding that, gosh, my priorities have changed, you know, for over this course of time. And that, in fact, my family and spending time with them is going to have to be put up a little higher on the to-do list. But I knew that I still needed to have data in my life. I needed wow. to be in a position where I was solving problems using data. Now, that, that sounds fairly vague, uh, and, but, but figuring out what are the types of problems that we can solve using data? What are the types of problems where if you don't have data, you really have no idea what you're doing? So I had been a management consultant before. I thought, well, that's what I'll start doing when I, when I finish at my time at Amazon. And it turns out there's a lot of people on the Amazon uh, marketplace who don't know what they're doing and, or need a lot of help and are asking for help. So early on, after I left Amazon, there was lots of opportunity to get involved, working with companies, answering questions. And, you know, I, things have built from there, and I've been able to do a number of other things since then. But it's always been about Amazon. It's always been about helping people understand what's really going on or creating some clarity around the direction that they may be going that really doesn't make any sense once you understand what Amazon's all about. Yeah, it's, uh, there really is uh, quite a, uh, a landscape to kind of navigate when you're dealing with Amazon, right? And in my mind, it's getting more complex, not less. Uh, even when you have better access to data analytics, they're mm -hmm. adding more and more aspects of selling and, mm -hmm. and different variables. You know, as we all know, there's, you know, different terms of service changes that happen and, and you know, big companies in particular, but even small companies, everybody has trouble keeping up with it. I'm sure Amazon has trouble keeping up with it. How do you keep up with all of that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, the reality is we, we have some existing relationships with folks at Amazon. Amazon has gotten to be so big in, in the five years since I left that we often find ourselves having meetings with folks at Amazon where we are introducing someone from Amazon to someone else from Amazon. They don't even know that they, they both exist. 
or that in fact that the businesses they're each in are so closely related that they're basically stepping on each other's toes, but they don't even know that there are other people's toes to be stepped on. So again, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing that. The reality is you've got a humongous organization and we only know little pieces here and there. And in many ways, the process of everybody external to Amazon, we all have to help each other because nobody knows exactly who all the right people are. And the people within Amazon keep changing so often that I feel like I'm scrounging around. I'm like, oh, look, here's some information. Oh, look, you have information too? Oh, let's see how we can help each other versus, oh, yes, there's a public set of criteria and here's the people you talk to and blah, blah, blah. None of that exists, as you know well. And so the process of scrounging around and trying to work whatever relationships you do have. And when somebody says, oh, I'm leaving this role at Amazon, you're like, hold on, before you leave, there must be people backfilling. Who are those people? Please introduce me to those people. I mean, that, that kind of conversation, uh, being scrappy. I mean, at Amazon, we had to learn how to be scrappy, but I have to be just as scrappy outside of Amazon to deal with people at Amazon because there's so much change of, of processes and change of people within that organization. Well, I tell you that to me, one of the, those uh, so-called gold nuggets that you just dropped there is, you know, even in this modern world, even in this technology-driven environment we live in, relationships still matter. Oh, yes. Customers yes. know that relationships are the key to making things happen short-term, long-term, what have you, but especially long-term. And it sounds like you continue to work on those relationships and, and uh, promote and, and engage in those relationships. And I liked how you position it. You said, hey, how can I help you, right? Which is always kind of the, the best opening in any relationship is how can I be helpful to you? I, I recognize that there's no way I can figure this all out myself. It is like putting a puzzle together in the dark with half the puzzle pieces. And somebody else out there hopefully has some of the puzzle pieces and somebody else can shine some light briefly on the puzzles. But the reality is we're never going to figure this out ourselves. So uh, in many ways, working in the Amazon space and, and the culture of what Amazon is, is a really good match for the types of values that are important to me around helping each other because we have to help each other. We yeah. absolutely have to. So yeah, we still got to find the guy with the top of that puzzle box that shows us what we're actually putting together. That'll be helpful too. <laughs> um, so maybe James, was there a day that you would look back and go, you know, this was, this was my favorite or most momentous uh, professional day on the, on the job, whether it was with uh, your current company, buy box experts or at mm -hmm. Amazon, or perhaps when you were putting together things like the prosper show, was mm -hmm. there any day that you just kind of looked out and go, wow, this is really cool. I, I not so much that I've arrived, but, I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and I'm appreciating this moment. Anything stand out to you? I would say the most, the most exciting day for me professionally was the very first day of our very first Prosper show. So my business partner, Joe Hansen, he and I, we, we run BuyBox Experts together, but we, we had been to a whole series of conferences put on by various organizations and we felt like there was this huge gap out there. Nobody was really educating Amazon sellers. There were events that had sessions but they weren't really educational sessions. They were thinly disguised sales discussions. And that, that's really not education as far as I'm concerned. So we went out on this crazy limb and said, we can do our own show. Of course we can. And I don't know squat about organizing a trade show and neither did Joe. Perfect. <laughs> you guys are right. The perfect customers for the job. <laughs> Let's uh, find a space. Let's get some hotel rooms. Let's get some speakers and Let's see if somebody will pay for some booths because we got to pay a lot of 
lot of bills here, but the reality is we, we managed to put the first show together. And, and I remember the very first, the very first day of that show, when I got up on stage to welcome everybody, I had walked around the room before anybody came in the room and there were like 700 chairs in this room. And I couldn't believe this room was going to be full. And I got up on stage to welcome everybody. And it was standing room only. There were people sitting on the sidelines and people at the doors trying to squeeze in. And like, it literally blew my mind. I'm like, holy smokes, this is amazing. We, we, we organized a party and more people showed up than we expected. And then my next thought was, oh crap, we have this huge responsibility. We, this is not a party, this is, this is an educational event. And we gotta figure out how do we make this work? How do we make sure that all the sessions are good and hopefully really good? And how do we keep everybody happy? And then how do we get people to come back again and again? But for that split moment, being up there on stage and there's like 700 plus people in the room, and I say a few faces I, I recognize, but most of these people have no idea who I am. I have no idea who they are, but they've, they've decided they're going to spend their time and their money and they're going to come to this event. And, you know, while the show isn't for everybody, people have continued to come back year over year. And it, it's an amazing, it, it's a very humbling experience to be in where you realize there is demand for what you're offering, but with that demand comes this responsibility. And you can't just rinse and repeat. You've got to figure out how to bring it all every time. And what, whatever you know how to do now, you've got to figure out how to be able to bring even more next time. And that's, that's kind of scary because you keep pushing yourself saying, well, this is all I know how to give of myself right now, but I know I've got to figure out how to give more of myself next year and more of myself the year after that. And oh, by the way, no matter what you do, 30% of people are going to complain about stuff. And some of those complaints you'll feel are completely valid. And some of them you'll feel are completely, uh, you know, unfair, but you got to deal with all of them and you got to keep getting better. And th that, that part's really scary because nobody's, Nobody's seen the future, and uh, but you still have to go towards the future, and you got to figure out how, how to get better. And um, you know, we, we did the first day of the show; it was amazing. We've since now done three successful shows. We managed to sell our conference, but we keep, you know, we're, we're doing more shows, and um, it, it's it's exhilarating, but it's also a recognition at that point that you, you there's a lot of responsibility in your shoulders that you've thrown onto your own shoulders. It's not like, oh, I'm going to have a lemonade stand and sell a bunch of lemonade, and then I get to go home. Yeah, that's true, but the reality is now everybody expects you to serve lemonade every day of your life until you figure out how to do something better than that. And that, that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. So, but, but it's also exhilarating. And yeah, this is, this is the classic uh, awesomer paradox, right? Because you, first of all, you decided you're going to do something that hadn't been done by you and your partner before. Yeah. And that is the, you know, entering the great unknown, which is, uh, you know, not so, something uh, regular folks or normies, as I often refer to them, they don't, they don't necessarily go down that road, right? Awesomers are not afraid to take that risk. It's extraordinarily impressive. And then- well, let, let me be clear, Stephen. Awesomers are afraid to take that risk, but they take the risk anyways. That's quite right. Yeah, you well said. Well said. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where we were like, are we going to lose our shirts organizing this conference? Who's going to show up? You know, with 30 days to go- we didn't sell, we hadn't sold anywhere near enough tickets to cover our basic costs. And then there we are the day of and the room's overflowing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is scary. 
Hey Amazon Marketplace professionals, this is Parsimony ERP, and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your supply chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com, parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. So anyways, but, but it, you know, it's not that it's, it's, it's false confidence, but it gives you confidence to say, okay, that was doable. What's, what's the next chapter look like? What do we do next? And by the way, hopefully we make some money doing this as well, because it can't just be out of the goodness of our hearts. And then you start getting into questions like, uh, okay, I'm an Amazon seller. I sold a million dollars of product, but how do I make any actual money? That's the same kind of dilemma. I'm big and successful, yet I'm not really successful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a common thing. So I love the fact that uh, the victory lap was, uh, was, was recognized. Hey, this is really extraordinary. Look at all this. And then the, the avalanche of responsibility shows up quickly. It certainly does for me as well. Uh, but I, I, I'm appreciating the fact that you did take a moment to go, this is a really nice, you know, experience that I'm having right now with the standing room only and seeing all these people where, again, as you just described, only 30 days earlier, you didn't know if you're going to have enough people to break even, let alone, uh, you know, uh, I, in fact, I'm sure those conferences probably were difficult to break even on initially, but uh, it's extraordinary what you guys put together. In, a, in an even more humbling way, it was super special for me because I, I invited my parents to come to the first Prosper show and my parents have no idea what it is I do. It's hard to say, well, I sell stuff online and I help other people who sell stuff online. It's like, well, show me what that looks like. Well, in a small way, you know, my parents saw me on stage and this room is full and they're there, you know, people are there to listen to what I have organized. So it, it was, it was, it was wonderful for me to help shine a little tiny light on what I do. So my parents could say, yeah, my son, he does this internet thing. And I don't know what it is, but he was up on stage and I understand that part. Yeah, that, yeah. That was, that was exciting for me. That was a very, very tangible showing of, hey, listen, I'm doing stuff and it must be important because other people are paying attention too. That's nice. I like that. That's yeah. a very good uh, circle. Um, just um, as we begin to uh, wrap this up, uh, sure. Do you have any favorite uh, online tool that you like to use? Is there something you just can't get through your day or your week without uh, hitting this tool or, or thinking about this tool? So I, I don't I don't have any financial relationship with any of these tools, but but companies products that I use because it's critical to what we do. Um, I, I'm a big believer in Jungle Scout. Uh, I really like being able to use a tool that pulls so much data quickly and allows me to get a, a quick overview of what, what a brand's business might look like, whether it's the size of the business, whether it's how many competitors are beating each other up on price on the same listings. You know, that, those kinds of things are very useful for the kinds of, kinds of questions that I help answer for some of my clients. Um, I'm also a very big believer in, it's not so much a software tool as it is the concept of offshoring certain types of responsibilities and getting really, really important, really, really good people overseas to help you with certain things. Um, we, we 
didn't do any of that four years ago. And then we started to say, well, gosh, what's the worst that could happen if this doesn't work, if we outsource it? We very quickly realized there's some incredibly talented people. When I say offshore, I should be more specific. They don't necessarily have to be in another country, but, but the process of how do you outsource responsibilities to talented people who that's what they do. They do certain types of functions that quite frankly, I don't like to do or I don't wanna do. And, and recognizing that you can actually des delegate stuff to people who are really skilled in doing these things. Holy smokes, talk about being able to free me up from things that were holding me back. I'm never gonna be good at all the things I need to do to run my business. So I, I couldn't live without outsourcing at this point. There's no way I could do that. It is uh, one of the best things when you finally understand the potential and you get it right. Yes. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, most of us uh, engage in some of these as like, yes. you know, I'm tired of doing this. And then we, we abdicate the responsibility quickly. And of course, uh, often that fails the first uh, time or two <laughs> or 10. Yeah. Uh, but uh, myself, I've had a hundred person uh, office in the Philippines. We still continue that business was so long ago, but we continuously use various resources onshore offshore doesn't matter your yes. point about outsourcing clear delineated responsibilities to team members who can execute with excellence is so well made and i tell you for my own peace of mind and i wonder if you agree i wouldn't want to exist day to day doing everything i just don't like doing some stuff and other people on my team they love to do those particular items do you find that a similar experience there are lots of things i don't like doing <laughs> I don't want to do them. And if I can find somebody talented who's motivated to do those things and I can afford to pay them, then we have a business transaction that needs to happen here right away. Now, if I could figure out how to outsource, you know, cleaning of the house and doing other responsibilities, be, being a father and a husband, you know, that, that, that would be even better. But the, the reality is I love doing what I do professionally and you know, it gives me a certain level of freedom to be able to focus on the things that I find most creative and most exciting. So, um, you know, this is this is a good ride. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that is uh, really a really important lesson for everybody to take home. And uh, I do know that there are lots of resources out there that will help you. You know, put two and two together. At this point, it's become much much better to be able to, uh, for example, using a company like FreeUp. That's free yes. with three E's. FreeUp.com. They will help you find, you know, a particular talent, a particular uh, role that you need, you know, within the company. Uh, and it, it's a broad range of marketing types of things, but very highly trained people and very good people with, uh, you know, high levels of responsibility. And there's many more like that. So uh, I really appreciate the, you sharing those uh, insights with us. So uh, how, how can people find, you know, what you're currently up to uh, right now, James? What's the best way to find you online? <laughs> Well, uh, at one point I had 12 or 13 email addresses for different businesses. Uh, probably the easiest way to reach me is, is through Buybox Experts, the marketing agency that I run with my partner, Joe Hansen. Um, I'm available at james at buyboxexperts.com. You can also check out the two different conferences we run. One is called Prosper Show at prospershow.com. We recently launched another conference called Brand Authority Summit, which is brandauthoritysummit.com an event aimed at senior brand executives. Uh, th these are all uh, parts of parts of my life today, and they're all exciting to, for, for the sorts of things that I like doing. So um, th those are all ways for people to reach me. Or you can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I am very, very active on LinkedIn, and uh, folks can find me there. I'm 
the only James Thompson with no P who's been at Amazon. So Thompson with no P at Amazon, you'll find me there. Nice. Well, thank you for that. Uh, it really is extraordinary the the numbers of things you're able to kind of uh, be involved in and not just, you know, kind of cursory involvement, but high involvement and big impact. And so on behalf of all the entrepreneurs out there, you know, I want to thank you for putting on such a great um, uh, forum for people to go to. I hear constantly people talking about how positive the, the Prosper show was for them. And I have no doubt your new show will be very similar for those brand executives who need it so much. Uh, and before we final close, uh, any, any last words of wisdom for the awesomer community out there? You, you've got an audience of people listening who, who have already gone down the awesomer path. And many of them are already taking calculated risks, doing certain types of things. I like to think about, you know, the, the new college graduate who's trying to figure out how do you become an entrepreneur? How do you break in and do that kind of thing? Uh, you know, the, the advice that took a long time before I was given the advice, but, but, but the reality is I think, of, I think of opportunity as basically it's a land grab. There's, there's things out there that nobody owns. And the reality is if you want to own it, go and own it. You don't need permission to say, hey, I'm going to do a conference or, hey, I'm going to write a book or, hey, I'm going to start an agency. You know, obviously, there are financial implications if you take the time to do this and you still need to pay the mortgage and so on. But if you can make it work, just go do it. You don't need permission. And it's one of these crazy things where I think for anybody who spent too much time in the corporate world, you're used to having to ask permission for everything. Please, can I do this? Please, can I spend this money? Well, as an entrepreneur who's, who's focused on, you know what, I'm going to go and change a little piece of the world here. And to change the world in a little way, you don't ask permission. You just go do it. And then hopefully people see what you're doing and say, ooh, I want to be part of that. And before you know it, lots of people want to be part of what you're doing. And, and, and I've had people say, well, why did you start Prosper? How did you start it? And the reality is it's like everything else that we do. You just have to go do it. And that's a hard thing to do when you grow up in an environment where you spend your whole life asking permission, whether it's in grade school, whether it's in corporate America, you have to ask permission. As an entrepreneur, don't ask permission. Validate the idea, but then run. Just go do it. Run and do it. And that's uh, it's a very different way of thinking that, quite frankly, it took me 40 plus years to get around to the point to be able to say, well, why can't I do this? Wait a minute. I'm just going to go do it. If I screw up, I have myself to blame for it. But if it works out, I have myself to blame for it. So, you know, you just got to go do it. And uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a hard piece of advice for most people to swallow if they don't come from the mindset of recognizing that it's up to them to, to go create their own future. Boy, I tell you, that is such great wisdom. Honestly, the idea that the, what stands between people and their kind of awesomer future is really just them taking action. It's, it sounds so fundamental and so simple, but it's absolutely true. I couldn't have said it better myself. Very well done, James. Thank you again for joining us on the Osmers podcast today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we love what you're doing and, and we hope uh, to talk to you again at some point in the future. Thanks so much for having me today, Stephen. Take care. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Well, another great, awesome story. Um, knowing the, the origin story for James is such a, a privilege, and we're sure appreciating the fact that he took the time to share that with us. I, I really just love the fact that, you know, everybody's background is so different, yet everybody can find their way to becoming an awesomer and figuring out, you know, how to change the world. And definitely James is doing that. The Prosper Show uh, attracts, you know, probably close to 1,500, maybe 1,700 sellers. I don't know the exact count, but it's a lot. And everybody who goes there, the, the vendors, the, the attendees, the speakers, everybody just has a great time and they learn a, an awful lot. So it's a great way for him to continue to influence the market beyond his own business, the Buy Box Experts. And with his new um, summit that he set up called the Brand Authority Summit, we expect many big things from him in the future. So thanks to James. Remember, this is Awesomers episode number seven. You can go to awesomers.com slash seven to see the show notes and details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again. Awesomers.com.